Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball Podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, we're going to be talking about cancer as I am joined by musician and voluntary cancer spokesperson. She is also the creator of Prunes Are Sexy. She's a, an 11-year survivor herself, Rain Thomas. So we're going Yay! to be, Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be talking to her about her story and everything that she's up to. So, Rain, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I am honored. Why don't you start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, I think you summed it up, but I am Rain Thomas. I'm actually a blues vocalist by trade. I've been doing that forever. Um, I have been an advocate, voluntary advocate and spokesperson and fundraiser for cancer and breast cancer since 1976. And I am someone who is an experienced junkie. I just love meeting people and hearing people's stories and seeing how we can all take care of each other at the end of the day. So tell us how you actually got, before we get into your story about cancer, tell us, uh, how you became to be a blues vocalist. How, how did you get into music? Well, I was born and raised in New York City in the Bronx, actually. And my parents from the South. I, I was pretty much an adult by the time I was four years old, taking care of things myself because my parents had their own story. But my dad was a, um, he did a lot of street hustling and he would take me with him to some of the juke joints, which, you know, if you're my era, you know what the juke joint is. And he'd sit me on the bar and you stay there while he went and partied. I learned, I don't know, maybe the 10 or 12 songs they had in the jukebox with Etta James being my favorite. I mean, I was a little kid. I was anywhere from two, three, four years old. And I just sing along. And of course, you know, you're Southern Baptist, you go to church as well. And, um, I just started singing, and once my parents understood that I was a singer, that became a problem because, you know, that whole you can't sing for God and the devil. But they didn't want me singing in church either. I'm not sure what that whole story was about. And I, I sang in school, and I had a teacher in junior high school who told my parents she has a gift, and you should let her go to test for high school music and performing arts. And I did that as well, and I got in. And I sang there and I had a really good time and I came out and started to look for a real job, go to college, because that's what I was told to do. But I kept singing and I ended up on tour with a lot of people and including Pete Seeger and Credence Clearwater and Hugh Masekela and plugging in with uh, anywhere from Cool in the Gang to, I mean, you name it, I was plugged into it. So I just, I've just been singing ever since. Well, that's awesome. So uh, do, do you have any current music where l listeners can listen to and, and check out everything that you're up to musically? 
They can. You can find me actually anywhere. You just, if you go to prunes, yes, like the fruit, R sexy, all spelled out, it's all spelled out.com. And there's a website there, but most people are on Instagram and Facebook, and it's prunes are sexy there as well. And it'll lead you to, um, lots of different sites that show where I'm performing and what's going on, what's next. I My friends call me Shameless Beggar because I'll hit you up for donations to, you know, be a part of the events, which are for cancer survivors. So you can do your part. But, you know, that comes with the gift. I, I think if I can give the gift, people can also give their gift to help take care of some of the costs that uh, cancer survivors incur. Okay, so uh, tell us about the prunes of sexy. Tell us uh, how you came up with that and what's that all about? Well, back in the day, way back in the day, uh, my family, yeah, I mean, most families didn't eat junk food growing up. People didn't have that extra money to splurge on junk. We made everything from scratch and my family wasn't big on candy. So I never really ate candy growing up or sweets but you could have fruit and prunes became my favorite fruit. And they've been my favorite fruit my whole life. About mm, maybe 25 years ago, I told my husband, I said, you know, when I tell people prunes are my favorite fruit, people act like I stole something from the White House. And I want people to understand that prunes are good for you. They have all these really good qualities and, you know, the beauty we, we judge from the outside like we do with people without getting to know what's going on in the inside. So I was off and running to make prunes sexy. And that's what I did. I started some campaigns with t-shirts and a friend of mine joined me. And it was prunes making you run for breast cancer, prunes making you run for wellness. And it just kind of started growing from there. And when I would perform or go speak at an event, I would make sure there were always individual prunes on every table so people could try them for the first time or the people that hadn't tried them, you know, that was their chance. And in parades, Mayberry days, I'm the prune queen and I throw individual prunes out to children and adults alike. So, you know, I said, I'm cleaning one colon at a time. I think that's part of my, my mission here. <laughs> Absolutely. That that's pretty interesting. So you you are also an eleven year cancer survivor and a voluntary spokesperson for cancer, you call yourself. So tell us about your story and, and tell us uh what you're doing as a spokesperson for cancer and why you decided to do it. Well, cancer doesn't run in our family on either side. Um, most people on my mom and dad's side, they they really die of old age. They get really close to 100, if not over it. And, you know, they just get the aches and pains and whatever have you. Nobody seems to get dementia or any of that stuff. So since I was, um, I started this journey at age 10, when I had an uncle in the hospital, nothing cancer related in New York City, but it was a time where people would just go sit all day and all night with this person. And an oncology nurse that worked there, she said to my mom, she says, your daughter looks bored. Can she do the runs with me? And my mom's like, sure. And I learned so much with this oncology nurse. She was the head of that department. She explained what oncology was. Um, some people would get to go home, some people on hospice, what chemo meant, what treatment 
man. And I did that for as long as my uncle had been in the hospital, which was probably like a year. And she says, all these people want is for someone to talk to, maybe sing them a song, play checkers, tell jokes, read from the newspaper. And I did all of those things. And I just kept doing it since age 10. And about, um, for me, it was about spreading awareness. I mean, I understood what cancer was and I saw how devastating it was to people. Didn't matter where you came from. It didn't discriminate age, color, sex. I mean, it was just cancer. And in 2011, I was diagnosed. And trust me when I tell you, I know people are shocked when they are diagnosed, but I was really shocked because nobody on either side of my family had run into this monster. And I thought, well, okay, so I've been talking to talk. Now I have to walk the walk because I've been telling people about awareness and I caught it super early because I, every year, no matter what, my dad was firm on right before school started a couple of weeks, we went and had a full physical blood, ears, eyes, nose, throat, teeth, toes. You were getting everything checked out because he said that was the key to longevity. And that's how we caught it very early. Um, but in that early, I also thought it was perhaps a chance to make awareness even bigger because now I was on the other side of the coin. And I did the best I could to do that. I made sure I put on a good face every day, my faith, because prayer to me is the answer to everything. And you know, there's an old Southern saying, if you're praying, you're not worrying. And if you're worrying, you're not praying. So I wasn't going to be worrying. I just went ahead and, you know, got prayed up every morning. I had a awesome doctor team. I ended up with um, a lumpectomy and 45 rounds of radiation. And I was actually staying in Arizona because that's where my doctors were at the time. And my husband was working in Las Vegas. That's where we live. And I said, don't worry. I said, I got this. And I just met other survivors and it was even more detailed and so many young women that were metastatic in stage four. And, you know, I was not stage four, but understanding their journey and what's happening and, you know, going into the communities and talking about it because it's like the number one killer for black women. And it's because, you know, there's a lot of stick your head in the sand. I don't want people to stick their head in the sand. I want you to go for this and meet it head on because early detection is definitely the key to surviving this ugly disease. And I, you know, in, in my part of it, even people in the family were shocked that I got it because nobody in the family had it, but it was eye-opening and thank goodness I had so much information because I'd been in that arena for so many years that I was like, this is what I need to do to advocate for myself and teach other people how to advocate for themselves and so on and so forth. So I'm here today as almost a 12-year survivor now to say that I am richly blessed by that part of my journey. Absolutely. Well, definitely congratulations on that. Thank you. Are you still doing the, you know, playing checkers and helping people out uh, in, in their situations that, that have cancer like you were when you were 10 years old? 
Absolutely. I certainly do. Sometimes people will call me from social media because, you know, social media has your telephone number and someone will say, you don't know me, but I saw you in an event and you sang this song or, you know, my mom has stage four, she's in hospice. Would you sing, if I put the phone to her ear, would you sing a little bit of the song to her? Or, you know, would you come to so-and-so to sing? Would you, people are always inviting me places. And if I can get there, I go. I was just in Waco two weeks ago and they invited me back and sent me out to be the MC and to perform. And um, it, it was, it's a lot. It's always a lot looking at a lot of People, cancer, I think the youngest this year was four, four-year-old girl. And then it was a six-year-old little boy. And then, you know, the ages go up from there. And hoping that my voice can be used as an instrument to inspire others to to keep fighting. So, yes, I, I do. Whether it's kids or the elderly or anybody in between, if I can get there, I do it. And if I can't, I'm happy to do it over the phone. Oh, speaking of performing, when I bring musicians on, on the show, I often give them the opportunity to give the listeners a sample of what they sound like. So do you want to give the listeners a sample of uh, one of your songs, one of your popular songs? Well, okay. Um, This one is the most popular, most requested for events about bringing light and everybody knows this song and thank you for allowing me to do this um this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. That was absolutely beautiful. Let that light shine. Yes, thank you. You uh, t- tell the listeners about any, you know, current or upcoming projects that you're working on that they need to know about. Absolutely. There are lots of things going on. I know we have the event next year again in Waco. It's uh, Pink Warriors. And please keep your eyes out for that. And because it's a huge show, it's huge cancer event. I will be performing again um, if God's willing and the creek don't rise. Right. We will we will have that in Texas, and it's also live stream. So if you can't get there, that'll be awesome. I let's see what else is going on. I have some performances going on in Wyoming coming up in June, and let's see, there's so much going on. I'm so excited. I have a photo shoot that has been done that will end up in some coffee table books and magazines coming up later this year to hopefully encourage people to feel good after 50, because we all know 50 is the new 25. At least that's what they keep telling me. And I am also the face of an app out of uh, the UK. It's called Jago. And it encourages people to get out and jog or run. It's a wellness app. 
And I'm sure there are hundreds of other things going on because the holidays will come up. And um, But if you go on my site and you go to Prunes Are Sexy, a lot of that stuff will just pop right up. That was my next question. PrunesAreSexy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, be sure to check it out. Close us out. Oh, before I have you do that, um, if there's anybody out there needing cancer resources or, or, or any kind of resources, do you have any kind of resources you can give out? As far as paper resources when they come to an event or? Uh, no, like uh, on- online resources that that they might can use if they or someone they know has been diagnosed with cancer. Absolutely. There are literally thousands of resources out there and it's broken down into age groups. It's broken down into demographics. If someone needs that information, because we all know when you're diagnosed, you're not thinking clearly. If you reach out to me, you can shoot me an email. I'm easy to get. I'm prunes are sexy at Hotmail. I'm always prunes are sexy. I'm prunes are sexy on Twitter. Prunes are sexy on Instagram, and you can find that also on Facebook. If you shoot me a message and say, I I don't know what to do, whether you were diagnosed or it's a loved one, even if it's a a, a guy, because men get breast cancer too. They get all sorts of cancers that they aren't aware of, especially with early detection, because you know men are like, oh, it's just a pain. It's not a big deal. There are a lot of resources, and I'm happy to connect people with other people that can help them. And if you don't want to connect with me, I understand. But if you go into whatever it is, the cancer is the diagnosis and just start looking for support groups, don't punch in Google. I have this cancer because jillions of things have come up and a lot of them don't have any weight. Just go in and say support group in your area for cancer and you you could put your age group in there or you could put male or female or none of the above. And a lot of support groups will come up that are happy to help you. And a lot of those support groups will, will also embrace you by um, giving you stipends. If you're having trouble paying for, you know, your treatments or parking while you go to treatment or medication. I do a lot of that kind of stuff, which is what fundraisers are for, because people don't realize even with insurance, cancer can be expensive. One pill can cost $500 and you need that pill every two weeks. Most people don't have $500 for every two weeks for a pill. So being able to get in touch with a lot of different organizations that can actually help you with the financial burden. Even I know some organizations that pay people's light bills or a portion of their rent while they're going through the um, the treatment. So absolutely. Okay. Well, close us out with some final thoughts for the listeners. Maybe something I forgot to touch on that you would like to talk about or just any final thoughts that you have. My final thoughts is um, be informed. Don't be afraid because fear is where you no longer have control. If you feel something, go show it to someone in the medical field. Don't act like it's not there because the longer you wait, the harder it will be for them to save your life. I mean, that's pretty much the end game. It's, I know it's scary, but it's more scary if you wait and act like it's not happening. So always be informed, don't be afraid. And remember, if you're worrying, you're not praying. And if you're praying, you're not worrying because fear 
is what takes your power away. Just um, feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to answer any questions and just go and enjoy life. Enjoy everything about your day because that's all we really have is today. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to visit Rain's website, prunesasexy.com. Reach out to her if you need to. And if if uh, you know somebody that's been diagnosed with cancer and, and needing some encouragement and some support, please follow, rate, review, share this episode, uh, share it to as many people as possible. If you have any guests or topic suggestions, see Jackson102 at Cox.net is the place to send them. Please be sure to tell a friend about the show. Thank you so much for listening. And Rain, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It was my absolute pleasure and honor. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.